Welcome to Kadampa Podcasts. These podcasts offer practical solutions to daily challenges and help guide us to a happier and more peaceful state of mind. In each episode, you will find an extract from a teaching given by one of various Kadampa Buddhist teachers worldwide. All these teachings are inspired by the profound wisdom of Venerable Geshe Kelsang Gyatso Rinpoche, a Buddhist master for our time. We hope you will enjoy listening. So what do we mean by meditation? So there's a very clear definition. It's, I brought along this book, How to Transform Your Life, which has the subtitle, A Blissful Journey, which is quite interesting, isn't it? Because how to transform your life might say, oh, you know, <laughs> suffering journey. <laughs> but um, the author of this book seems to think that eventually it will become a blissful journey because we're going in the direction of peace and happiness. It, it has its hard moments, but we're going in that good direction. And at the back, there's a chapter called What is Meditation? And I can really recommend this chapter if you're new to meditation, or even if you're not, it's worth going over, especially if you're still at the stage where you're trying to really establish that regular meditation practice, a, a consistent meditation practice. So here we get the definition. Meditation is a mind that is single-pointedly focused on a virtuous object and whose function is to make the mind peaceful and calm. Sometimes we say meditation is a, a mind that concentrates on a virtuous object that is a main cause of mental peace. Yeah, it's the, the same meaning really. The next sentence says whenever we meditate we're performing a mental action that will cause us to experience inner peace in the future. So this is quite interesting because it means that meditation isn't just bringing a short-term benefit. Um, it's not like having a bath, <laughs> you know, where like maybe we relax. Sometimes we don't even relax in the bath, yeah, because we're we're too on on edge or overtired or whatever it is, and we can't really even properly relax in the bath. But you know, sometimes we do things that are relaxing, like we have a cup of tea or we watch some TV, semi-relaxing. <laughs> um, but it doesn't bring a sort of long-lasting transformation to the mind. And in fact, sometimes it can bring negative uh, implications. So we might think, okay, it's relaxing to do a lot of exercise. But then we've used all our, ex our energy, haven't we? <laughs> so maybe there's a repercussion later on, like, oh, I'm completely spent. I can't do all these other things that I wanted to do. So when we meditate, um, it's a cause. It's a cause. It's always a cause of peace. So some of you are familiar with my analogy of, of um, you know, if we're cleaning the cupboards and we get everything out of the cupboards, at some point it can look terrible. Uh, so uh, this weekend, Konchok, the other nun, was cleaning the cupboards downstairs. And um, she took a picture of like everything everywhere. <laughs> But you have to remember you're going in the direction of peace. Well, in that case, of clarity. You're going in the direction of having things clean and organized and knowing where everything is. You know, having that kind of control over the kitchen, really, isn't it? And then it was quite sweet because there was a little picture of the tea bags, which were like, 
you know, tea, tea bags promise a lot these days, like clarity, calm. <laughs> now, actually, tea can't make you. <laughs> but it was a little reminder, you know, to here's a good analogy for when we're working with the mind. Sometimes it's like we've, we're cleaning up, we're getting things organized. And there is a sort of point where it can feel worse. But we're always going in the direction of peace. So even if you have a meditation and you think that's really hard, which sometimes people do, and the danger then is that people give up. And they, I mean, people have said to me, I remember once one young woman, I bumped into her and I, she'd been at some meditation classes. And, you know, sometimes people are embarrassed because they've stopped coming. I mean, I actually don't mind. Of course, I want them to keep going for them. And I would never judge. I'd just be happy to see the person. But you could see she was feeling like she needed to tell me why she wasn't coming. And she said, um, I, meditation doesn't work for me. Uh, I, oh, I tried. It didn't work for me. And I said, oh, how many times did you come? Twice. <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, oh, I went to two Spanish classes and I can't speak Spanish. You know, <laughs> it doesn't work for me. Of course, it doesn't work for you. <laughs> you only went to two classes. I, I learned how to speak Norwegian for ages. I thought it was a made up language. You know, it, I was like, this is definitely a made up language <laughs> because the sounds, you know, just like, no, it's definitely made up. <laughs> And um, and then after a while, oh no, it's actually a real language. It makes sense. So we're learning the language of the mind, our mind. We're learning how to play the instrument of our mind. Um, and it's, I would say, actually a lifelong journey, a lifelong process, really. Yeah, it's a life. I mean, like working with our body is a lifelong process. You can't be like, oh, I only needed to eat in my 20s, and then that was it. <laughs> I didn't have to eat for the rest of my life. You know, it's a constant process, isn't it? Getting to know your body, what works for your body, and it changes over time. And now I'm in a time when I have to be more careful about this, or I need a bit more of that, a bit less of that. So the mind is what animates human beings, living beings, actually all living beings, including animals. But as we're humans, let's focus on human beings. Um, well, we're humans right now anyway. So our mind is so, so central to our experience of life. Um, and yet, unfortunately, it's incredibly neglected in our modern society. Um, I mean, we do try to cram information into it. That's probably the main thing we do to our mind, isn't it? Sort of shove information into it. Um, but there are a lot of mental health problems now. It seems to be getting worse with modern life. There's certainly a growing awareness around mental health issues. And I would say it's probably because we, we've been emphasizing external development over internal, true internal development. Yes, we're more educated, but we're not necessarily wiser, are we? Uh, you can be very intelligent and not know how to make yourself happy. Um, in fact, sometimes it seems like there's an inverse relationship. The more intelligent people are, sometimes the more complex the mind sort of seems to be, and the harder they find it to be happy and to really solve their inner problems 
to have, for example, to have really good relationships with others. Um, so, yeah, so external development um, is not really the true meaning of life. Um, it, it doesn't bring happiness. No external thing can make us happy. It promises a lot, and we're quite confused in our modern society, so we do tend to think, oh, I need to improve my life, and we'll think about externals, won't we? Um, well, what do I need to change externally? And maybe it's just a little bit easier to think about, isn't it? Uh, oh, do I need a new home? Do I need a new job? Do I need a holiday? Um, do I need some new things? Yeah, a new look or something. Um, uh, or to get physically stronger, I need to go to the gym. You know, we, we focus on these external things generally, don't we? Um, uh, maybe even, yeah, my partner really needs to change. <laughs> That's a classic, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not happy. They need to change. <laughs> or if we have a partner, yeah, then we think they need to change. We don't have a partner, maybe we want a partner. Um, sometimes we have a partner, we think maybe it'd be better without a partner. Yeah, so that it's, this can be this constant process of, of tinkering around with the externals. <laughs> um, uh, we don't have a holiday ho house, we want a holiday house. We have a holiday house, we want to get rid of it. <laughs> Uh, because it's too much work, you know, it's very hard to find satisfaction. Most people have some projects in the house. I mean, I certainly know this place. We, we, this place is quite new. You know, we, we've completed it in the end of 2020. And then we barely used it because there was a lockdown for about six months. Um, but amazingly enough, no sooner do you complete something, then there's things going wrong with it. Yeah. And and then you find out, well, they're not in warranty because now they're old, even though they're only a few years old. And they need to be fixed. And then it's endless, isn't it? The external things, endless. You never, ever come to the end. I remember I had a friend, I have a friend who's a Buddhist nun. And she and I worked together about 20 years ago in the era when an inbox was actually an inbox, yeah, not a digital thing. And she had this saying that, you always die with a full inbox. <laughs> so now that inbox might be virtual, but um, you know she was sort of looking at the tray. <laughs> she was doing the accounts for a treat center. It's always going to be full. <laughs> so we can't put off our peace of mind. Um, and we're never going to find peace of mind through trying to control these external things. Um, so, what we need to learn is about the mind, really. And that's so the beginning of this book, which you can download for free, this book. So if you want to put something meaningful on your digital devices, you can put this on. And then when you've got a few moments, you can read a paragraph even and be contemplating that. Um, so it talks about inner peace. Uh, there's a two chapters on inner peace right at the beginning. One's called inner peace, one's how to develop and maintain a peaceful mind. And also the introduction is the, the preface is quite interesting as well. Um, so it says inner peace or mental peace is the source of all our happiness. It's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? Yeah, so 
inner peace or mental peace is the source of all our happiness. And so not these external things. Now, I know many of you have heard this teaching before, but to be honest, because it's so deeply ingrained, we have to keep going over this because we can be like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we're like, and I'm fine, still trying to find happiness here and here and here and here. Yeah, so we can't really hear it too many times. And we keep contemplating it because it'll keep clicking at like deeper levels. Um, so very few people, although everybody wants to be happy, very few people understand the real causes of happiness. Um, and, and consequently, they're looking in all these external ways. As spiritual practitioners, which just means that we're concerned about this inner world, that's for me, that's the basic definition of spirituality. It's in this book, actually, is being concerned about inner development. So if you think of like right now, what kind of material development has taken place in the world? It's been incredible, hasn't it? It still is incredible. They keep coming up with new things. I mean, now it's AI, isn't it? Which I still have not gone there. <laughs> uh, someone told me I should ask chat GBT or whatever it's called, GPT. Uh, something and I'm like, no, <laughs> please write the description for my course. No, <laughs> I dread to think what, what, and, and anyway, I need that process, so I'm going to keep doing it. But, um, so all this amazing technology, isn't it? You know, like tiny little devices that, and you know, we're making use of it. We can now stream, we're streaming this class right now. Hello, online. <laughs> and, and that's amazing. And you can't even see the camera because it's at the back of the room. <laughs> um, you think of like a mobile phone, you know, how, how small it is. Uh, I remember when they first came in the 80s and it was basically this emergency thing in the car that we never used. This great big like brick, you know, that you never really used. And, and now... It's so ubiquitous, isn't it? And they, how have they managed to create this amazing technology? Through mastering materiality at a very high level. So they've got things like these batteries, you know, with all these very specific minerals and things in them that enable them to be incredibly powerful. So you could say that we are mastering materiality at a very, very subtle precise kind of levels. Um, uh, we now you need experts, don't you, to kind of go into that level of understanding. Um, but it's not making people happy. It's making the world very complicated, polluted, dangerous. No, it's not actually bringing happiness. If, if, if these external developments were the cause of happiness, we should be getting happier. The humanity should be getting happier. We should be fundamentally solving the problems in the world. But actually, um, you know, as Venerable Geshe, the author of this book, my, my teacher has said, he said like now the world is as, almost like as fragile, world peace is like as fragile as one human body. Because one human body is quite fragile. You know, you get a little bit of water in the wrong place or a blood clot in the wrong place, you can die. Yeah, some small problem. Uh, the human body is fragile. So it seems like what he's seeing is that the world is now very fragile because we have, for example, weapons of mass destruction. 
Um, so that means that one or two incidences can cause an enormous effect in the world. So it's very fragile. Peace in the world is fragile. I mean, already we can see the world is very contaminated as a result of all the development. And they find plastic at the bottom of the ocean. Um, so all this material development has not brought the benefits that we would have liked it to bring. Um, you know, my sort of classic example is like, no one's washing machine makes them happy. <laughs> because now we just take it for granted, don't we? Washing machine, yeah. It doesn't actually make us happy. It's useful, you know, but it doesn't bring that kind of joy on a day-to-day -day basis. We're not like, I have a washing machine, I'm happy, you know, and I have this and I have a sewage system and I have, you know, they're all very useful, but they don't bring happiness. Even our home, I mean, we put a lot into our homes. You know, when we're buying that duvet set, we kind of imagine it's going to make us happy, don't we? But I think we think, oh, I'll get all kind of cozied up in that. But it doesn't actually, you could be depressed in that duvet set, <laughs> you know? When we redecorate our home, we think it will make us happy, but it doesn't make us happy. Um, doesn't mean we don't do it. We might still need to redecorate or get these things, but we just need that wisdom to understand that external things are external things. So why is it that they don't make us happy? It's very simple. Happiness is a state of mind. It makes total sense when you hear it. No one really argues with that. But most people are trying to find happiness in external things because that's what we're taught. That's, that's what our society tells us to do. And so we get caught in it. You know, we think it's the way I look and we put a lot of effort into the way we look. You know, I spend a long time every day choosing what to wear. <laughs> Doing my hair. <laughs> but in general, we, you know, we, 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 we wash, we, we clean our clothes. We put a lot of effort into these things, don't we? But they don't bring happiness. In fact, sometimes it can bring unhappiness because if you are very invested in your appearance, then aging is, is a great suffering. Um, my grandmother was very beautiful. She found aging very difficult. She didn't want photos taken after, of her after a while. She lived to be 98, so she got quite wrinkly. <laughs> and she was beautiful from one point of view. I thought she was beautiful, but she became, you know, if you think, how long are you beautiful for? If you live to 98, the ratio of old to young, <laughs> you know, you're only really young for like 20, 30 years, really. And then it's all downhill, isn't it? <laughs> but the good news is, is that if you have a beautiful mind, you can be beautiful. That's the incredible thing, actually. So best beauty treatment is actually what we're doing. <laughs> um, so happiness is a state of mind. Suffering is also a state of mind. This is explained very clearly in here. So really, if we want to be happy and we want to be free from suffering, what we need to do is to identify what states of mind bring happiness and what states of mind bring suffering. We would be much wiser to put more effort onto that. Like day to day, if we put a lot of effort into thinking, have I got a state of mind that's taking me in the direction of happiness or not? Now, instead of thinking so much about the externals, 
Um, like, have I done this? Have I done that? And what am I going to eat for lunch? And, da, da, da. and we think about all these external things and we plan and we try to adjust them and fix them and others. But we would be far wiser to think about our own state of mind. And essentially, that's what we're doing here every week. Every class, every course, every book is helping us to understand our own mind and then to gain the ability to work with our own mind. Um, so the good news is, is that when you, when you meditate, you create the causes of happiness always. And the reason for this is because as it says in the appendix at the back, meditation is a mental action that concentrates on a virtuous object that is the main cause of mental peace. So there's a little clue there. Concentrating on a virtuous object brings peace. If you feel inspired by this podcast, then dive deeper into the timeless wisdom of modern Kadampa Buddhism by following the link in the episode description. We look forward to reconnecting with you in the next episode of Kadampa Podcasts. <laughs>